Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Missourian Basketball Podcast, or should I say the Missourian Pick and Roll Podcast. Our podcast is going through a rebranding, a new name, a new logo, but I'm still your host, Reed Catellis, and I'm still joined by my partners, David Sack and Connor Worley. You're listening to Episode 7, and we'll be taking a look back at Missouri's win over Vanderbilt on Saturday and its subsequent loss at Tennessee on Tuesday, and we'll preview the coming week. But first, let's kick this off with our soundbite of the week. Uh, this week's soundbite comes from Kevin Perrier after the Tennessee loss. Overall, you know, you know, this team really fought to the end. That's uh, I'm proud of this group, and uh, you know, hats off to Tennessee. Uh, you know, they, they put in a great effort as well. You know, at that point, you just shake hands, take a game. You know, lose like a man. So, um, you know, I, I thought we played a good. I thought we put a good game together. I thought we. I thought our energy was good. I thought we stayed poised through their pressure. Um, we're doing a lot better job taking care of the ball. So, um, I, I think these last couple games, we've really been getting better. Yes, that was Kevin Perrier. We'll talk about the Tennessee loss uh, next, but let's move on to our trivia question. Missouri is retiring the numbers of Derek Chivas and John Brown this season. Name two of the six numbers that are currently retired now. So we'll circle back to that later, but let's just go go ahead and review the past week. Uh, Missouri was still without Mark Smith over the past two games. Smith has now missed four games with a nagging ankle injury that he suffered at Arkansas on January 23rd. The Tigers were still able to win without him Saturday, defeating a lowly Vanderbilt team, but they lost at number one Tennessee on Tuesday. Uh, But taking everything into consideration, though, the loss to the Vols might have actually been better than the win over the Commodores. What do you guys think? Well, uh, the game against Tennessee was a surprisingly refreshing performance from this team, I have to say. I mean, after a 24-point home loss to Tennessee a month earlier with Mark Smith, they go to Tennessee without Mark Smith, and... They lose by only 12 points. They played well. They just didn't have the the bodies on offense. Yeah, and I think especially when you're taking in the trajectory of this team for the rest of the season, um, just being able to keep a, up a fight through the whole game against Tennessee, like they weren't ever really in striking distance, especially the second half. There just always seemed to be a 10-point separation. But when mm-hmm. you go back to the home game last month, like second half hit and they just fell apart and Tennessee just completely took over. This game... Tennessee still had pretty good control, but Missouri certainly put up a better performance. Yeah, the Tigers got blown out by Tennessee on January 8th, but this is much different. They played quite a good game against Tennessee, actually, and they really just didn't didn't have the offensive firepower to stay stay with the Volunteers. But what's really impressive is that they held Grant Williams, uh, last season's season's SEC Player of the Year, and he's probably going to win it this year. They held him to uh, 13 points on Tuesday. And they held him to four points on the January 8th loss. So if anything else, they figured out how to stop him. But uh, it was just an impressive defensive performance. And, and they, that's kind of how they're going to stay in these games. And they stayed, they stayed with the Vols for a while. Yeah, and I really liked uh, the way they dealt with Tennessee's uh, intense full-court press. They really didn't have many problems with it. I mean, nine turnovers for the team in the game. And Xavier Pinson, who uh, brought the ball up against it, you know, he just did a tremendous job. He didn't seem too bothered by it at all. He just used his speed and blew by it. And, uh, I mean, that's real progress for the Tigers. They are making progress in certain areas mm-hmm. of the game. That's what you need to see. Mm-hmm. And really, at, at this point in the season, the Tigers are 2-7. and seven. I mean, they're not going to win a whole lot of SC games between now and the end of the season. And so what's really important as this team goes through rebuild is, is, is developing the younger guys and getting – Guys like Xavier Pinson, Torrance Watson, Javon Pickett, and Jeremiah Tillman improving and, and playing better and better. And that's what's, that's what's been happening with the freshmen. I mean, Torrance Watson put up 12 points against Vanderbilt. Um, Javon Pickett scored a team-high 12 points. He did go 5 of 18 from the field. 
But I think the fact that he even took 18 shots kind of stands out more than his field goal percentage because that's kind of a sign that, okay, you know, you were here early because of your defense, but now you're a firm part of this offensive plan. Xavier Pinson scored 12, I mean, scored 10 points, got eight rebounds, actually. So that's that's the encouraging part of that loss. Yeah, and two of Pinson's eight rebounds were, well, three were offensive rebounds, and two were offensive rebounds that came before the first media timeout of the game. Mm. You know, he just right away just injected the team with a lot of energy, and it was infectious. And I think just the uh, all three freshmen as a whole have really strung together a few good games here. Mm-hmm. And I think people should really take that away from like what we've been seeing yeah the team's struggling as a whole but for next season i think like games like tennessee and even like wins against vanderbilt would be really valuable and i think if they those three keep improving consistently especially like they're shown throughout the season like mizzou has the chance to be an sec contender next season mm-hmm. absolutely so let's go ahead and move on to our stud and dud from the past week um we're going to change it up a little bit because there wasn't really defining stud or dud we're, uh, for the stud we're going to go with the fixed turnover issues now, Missouri is also, has obviously been a very t- turnover-prone team this season. That's no secret. They turned the ball over 20 times at Auburn. They turned it over 24 times at Arkansas. But really, over the past week, they really just changed that and seemed to solve the issue. They, they committed just nine turnovers in both of the Vanderbilt and Tennessee games. And that's kind of a stunning turnaround because they hadn't, they hadn't committed less than 10 in one SEC game, and then one SEC game, and then they come around, commit nine in, in just two games, and they really find a sense of ball security. Yeah, and it's also the first time this season – where they've uh, committed single-digit turnovers in two games in a row. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's becoming a trend even, dare I say it. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think against Vanderbilt, maybe it was a little fluky. They don't commit a lot of turnovers or force a lot of turnovers, Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And they're just not that good, if we're being honest. But against Tennessee, on the road, this is the number one team in the country. Like I said, a tough full-court press. And Missouri had no problems with it, and they took care of the ball. Yeah, and like looking at the ball security they've had these last two games, it really makes you think if they had that against like Temple and LSU and all these close losses, maybe the season would be a little bit different. They'd be a little bit more competitive and in contention for like postseason play. Yeah, and a big reason for this turnover regression is because of Xavier, Xavier Pinson. That's probably the primary reason. Um, I mean, Pinson turned the ball over six times at Auburn just three games ago, and then he committed zero versus Vanderbilt and committed just one against Tennessee. Pinson's a guy, I mean, you talked about the offensive rebounds he got against Tennessee. Pinson's going to heavily impact a game, whether it be negative or positive, whether it's a behind-the-back pass that goes right to a defender or whether it's a really good pass that leads to a bucket. And if he's, if he's not turning the ball over as much as he had earlier, that's really a positive development too. These freshmen are learning how to play. They're getting better. They're improving in the season. They have good senior leaders in Kevin Purrier and Jordan guys to learn from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as we've been saying, I mean, we've been saying it all year, you know, yeah. that eventually at some point this season would become about the development of these young players. And uh, you're seeing some real positive signs from them. Yeah, and like you guys had mentioned a little bit earlier, like Pence enabled to breaking the break the press and stuff. His speed and agility, just for me, just watching all the players, uh, sticks out more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And if he can become a consistent point guard for them and take the ball off the court and not be phased by pressure, that's going to do a lot for them, just getting into an offense and a rhythm. Yeah. Okay, our dud for the week is going to be the Tigers' three-point shooting. A big reason for this is because Mark Smith has, again, been out for the past four games, but we can even expand this to the past two weeks even. I mean, over the past four games, Missouri has shot 25%, 29%, 31%, 29% from the from the arc, from behind the arc. And that's really the team's 
that's what's been the team's strength this whole season. That's how they stay in games. And even though they scored the least amount of points in the conference, that that, that, that was where their strength, that they, they still lead the conference in three-point shooting. But that's really gone away over the past two games. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, I think you can attribute most of that to Mark Smith. I mean, you know, he's the best three-point shooter in the conference, and him not being there certainly hinders things. But, you know, the other guys uh, have been struggling as well uh, in his absence. I mean, Torrance Watson against Tennessee shot one for seven from three, which that was those were all his field goal attempts. And some of those were really pretty open in the corner. They were big misses, too. They were shots that if he hit those, he kind of felt like, man, this is really a game. And, uh, you know... It's something, you know, it happens, and uh, I mean, I'm interested to see when Mark Smith gets back into the rotation, if he yeah. does, how the rest of the guys respond. Can they get back to where they were with Smith? Yeah, I just kind of see the three-point shooting as a regression to the meme. Like, they've been in like yeah. the upper tier of three-point shooting teams in the SEC, and then when you take out, like, one of the top three-point shooters in the nation, it's just... It's gonna it's gonna go regress a little bit and go back. So I don't think this is something that will be a, a, a continuing issue as the season goes on. I think it's they've just hit a few game stretch where they just can't get the buck, uh, the shot to fall. Yeah, and you wanna you you wanna believe that Missouri recognizes that they're, they're without Mark Smith, and so they the ideal thing would to, w- w- would be to change the game plan and just f- and focus on the inside. They've done that a lot, but you look at the numbers, the three point attempts haven't gone down. They, they took twenty seven against Tennessee. 22 against Vanderbilt. So, I mean, they're kind of living and dying by their greatest strength. But with, without Mark Smith, they should probably be trying to focus on other areas. And I think the one positive you can take away from all of this with Smith's injuries, over the last four games, I mean, while they've pretty much taken the same amount of three-point shots and missed more of them, their, their overall offensive production hasn't gone down too much. Why? It's because the two-point shooting has gotten a lot better. Yeah. A lot of that starts with Jeremiah Tillman, but also Missouri's guards like Pickett and Watson in the first game, uh, in the game against on Saturday against Vanderbilt, rather. Um, you know, their guards have been getting better at driving and finishing. They've been more aggressive. So maybe in Smith's absence, a little development there in two-point shooting. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and take a moment to praise Jeremiah Tolman because it seems like he's finally reached a point of stability with staying on the court. He's now had seven straight games where he's played at least 27 minutes. He hasn't fouled out in the last four games, and that's just really a huge development too because, I mean, Tolman only scored eight points against Tennessee, but he scored three straight games at least with at least 15 points over the last three games. And Tillman's one of the most important players of this team, and if, if, if they've reached a place where he's on the court consistently, that's really big. Uh, and Conzo, I believe, said uh, in the press conference after the Vanderbilt game that don't expect this every night from Jeremiah mm-hmm. in terms of him not committing fouls. But I, I do think, <laughs> we're just going to go out and say it, that this could become a pattern. Hopefully he has maybe turned a corner with the fouling, mm-hmm. and this is something that won't be an issue going forward. Obviously, we're going to need a bigger sample size in two games to find that out. But... I'd be cautiously optimistic that maybe he's he's reached a turning point. You know, it's interesting. Uh, get ready for the game Tuesday at Thompson Bowling Arena. And Tennessee writer uh, asked me, you know, who do you think the best player on Missouri is? Would you say it's Tillman? And I said, well, it's Tillman when he's on the floor and if mm-hmm. he can stay on the floor. Because per 40 minutes, he's averaging nearly 18 points a game this year. So – Tillman's problem has never been his production when he's on the floor. It's just been staying on the floor. And, you know, yeah, he's been doing a tremendous job of that recently. So if he can keep that up, I think it's going to make him just so much of a better player. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a hot take. <laughs> Here's something. Who is the best player on next year's Missouri team? 
next year. Wow. I mean, they have a lot of they have a lot of contenders, which is a good thing, honestly. I'd say it's between Tillman and Mark Smith. That's who I was yeah, thinking. I'd mainly. say Mark Smith. I um, would even I would I mean that that stat you just said about Tillman scoring eighteen points per forty minutes. I mean that kind of makes me believe it's probably Tillman. But just Smith's offensive talent and the three-point stroke makes me kind of want to say Smith. And I, I think uh, like a full offseason in the Missouri program will help Mark Smith a lot too. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know if Mark Smith can really work on his slashing in the offseason mm-hmm. and add that to his repertoire, because I don't see his shot getting much better. I mean, he's the best shooter in the right. SEC. But if he can add some aggressiveness, some slashing Taking to more his free throws. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the other player I'm really excited to see develop this offseason is Xavier Pinson because yeah. he has such good tools as a point guard. And if he can spend an offseason in the weight room with some steak and mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he, he needs to get his body a little bit ready, more D1 ready. With the talent there. I'm also yeah. excited <laughs> to see uh, – Sophomore Javon Pickett's defense. Yeah, see what that's like because I mean he's already very good now. So like another, another real shutdown guy. He could be very <clears throat> imp- uh, impactful for them. I really do think Pinson's probably the most polarizing of the three freshmen that we see the most. Yeah, just because I mean the talent is so visible. I mean his his ball handling, his speed, his, his athleticism, and he, we, we we talked about the turnovers. He's, he's kind of addressed that, but if he can. As you said, David, David, get just get bigger in the offseason and become more tuned. I think he could really be good as a sophomore. Yeah, and, and looking at these upperclassmen, I mean, Pinson, he's not leaving early. No way. He's a four-year player. No. Javon Pickett, a four-year player. Torrance Watson is going to be a four-year player. And I've always thought Jeremiah Tillman's going to be a four-year player too. And so between all of those guys, I mean – these guys are going to really, really grow, and they're going to grow together. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I think that – I think Conzo Martin, if he can continue to bring in good recruits, continue to develop these guys, I, I think he's got a good thing going here. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you think about a core that they'll have, it'll be Tillman, Pinson, Pickett, and Watson, and then you'll have Trey Jackson, Mari McKinney. We'll see about those two two latter guys. But, I mean, that's not a, that's not a bad core that you want to go forward with, and we'll see how they develop. But that's – especially over the past – four or five games that they've really all, all four of them have developed well. I think the biggest thing that this program really have to worry about is that like with McKinney coming in uh, next year and maybe any other guards they pick up, yeah. it's like someone getting unhappy with their playing time and deciding to transfer. If everyone is just like satisfied and plays within their role, I think this team has a chance to have a high ceiling. Yeah. yeah, and I think next year's team, he could also use another senior, maybe go the grad transfer route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you can try to find a diamond in the rough. Sometimes that diamond is Cassius Robertson who becomes your best player. Exactly. So, you know, I think he could use a little more <clears throat> age on next year's team as well. Okay, so let's quickly take a look over the next week. Uh, Missouri now begins a homestand. On Saturday, the Tigers will host Texas A&M at 5.30 at Missouri Arena. Uh, the Aggies are sitting in the basement of the conference with a 1-8 SEC record. Missouri will go for the season sweep over the Aggies after beating them by 23 points on January 19th. Then Missouri will host Arkansas on Tuesday and try to avenge its 72-60 to 60 loss to the Razorbacks on January 23rd. I'm sure we'll learn about Mark Smith's availability before Saturday, but this really feels like these two games are really, it really feels like this coming week is the best, is a really good chance for the Tigers to get two, two, two good home wins. Yeah, um, these are, I mean, the Texas A&M game on Saturday is no doubt a must win. I mean, mm-hmm. you went in there into College Station about a month ago and won by 23 points. Now, I'm sure that if Billy Kennedy is any good at his job, you know, they're going to be amped up. It's going to be revenge time in the Aggies' mind after they got obliterated on their home floor by Missouri. 
But nevertheless, with or without Mark Smith, that's a game the Tigers have to win. And then the Arkansas game, you know, I think Arkansas is a better team, but Missouri's at home where they've played well all year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Missouri was the bet- was better than Arkansas for a lot of that game on the road mm-hmm. a few weeks back. Yeah, I, I don't see them having any problems against A&M unless they just, I uh, think, uh, don't take that game enough seriously enough and just, like, blow it off and then A&M gets off to a good start or something. But in, in regards to Tennessee, or in regards to Arkansas, I – what I'll be looking for is how they can handle uh, Arkansas's intensity and that press that they love to, to employ because this team at times has been very overwhelmed when they've been pressured, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. Yeah, I would be slightly surprised if Missouri does lose to uh, A&M on Saturday. A&M's cur- currently on a three-game losing streak. Uh, they, again, they're 1-8 in the SEC. They're ranked, they're ranked 99th in nets, whereas Missouri is 80th. So a home game against this team, I think the Tigers have a, have a pretty good chance. Arkansas will be a little bit tougher because they're on a three-game win streak. and yeah, Upset against LSU, too. Yeah. So they'll have to wrestle with Daniel Gafford again, but we'll see how they do then. Yeah, I mean, look, the thing with Texas A&M, I, I haven't seen Georgia, but I'll tell you that Texas A&M and Vanderbilt are two teams in this conference that are absolutely worse than Missouri. Mm-hmm. Not much question about it. And then, you know, we'll see with Georgia. But, yeah. Never know with Tom Crean. Yeah, he's a, he's a good coach. I've always been a Tom Crean fan. I mean, I remember watching Tom Crean coach the Big East Tournament in 2005 at Marquette. Wow. Yeah. The best player on that team, Steve Novak. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. Okay, we're going to go ahead and sign off. But let's, uh, let's get to our trivia question beforehand. We asked you to name two of the six players who have their numbers retired by Mizzou Basketball. Those players are Bill Stoffer, Norm Stewart, Willie Smith, Steve Stepinovich, Joe Sunvold, and Doug Smith. We're going to go ahead and sign off. Look forward to our coverage of the Texas A&M and Arkansas games. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back Friday.